Hello, world. It's time to cue the coach. The world we are living in today has been spiraling out of control for decades in such a way that we are all losing our minds, risking our health daily, and choking on the ashes of a dying paradigm. You don't want to continue living in fear or in conformity to someone else's version of reality, do you? I know I'm done, and I've been done for quite some time now. Wellness needs an advocate. Holistic health, that is. It's time that we rise to the challenge of creating a brand new world with the fiery passion of a phoenix rising from the ashes. What beautiful essence do you possess that this world desperately needs? On this podcast, that is what we are here to find out. Together, let's unlock the pure potential from within. And as Gandhi said, let's be the change we wish to see in this world. And here we go. Episode 6, The Body, Part 2. Good morning, beautiful souls. It's time for another episode of Cue the Coach. In today's episode, we're going to go further into depth about the body. In the last episode, I talked about how the body is viewed in society and how we've been building our bodies as a record of the past, connected to our emotions and our thoughts that culminate to create our bodies. Today, I'm going to talk about ways in which you can begin to build the new body that we've created in the mind, if you happen to have done the visioning in the previous episode. Wink, wink. Don't miss that one. Go check that out if you haven't before you continue to listen. Once we have this ideal body in mind and we feel the connection to it with belief and being called from the future you, there are some things you can hold in mind along with that vision as a way to get started. I remember as a kid with a pretty fast metabolism that I thought it didn't truly matter what I ate because I could always bounce back. You've been there, right? I used to drink about a gallon of ShopRite iced tea, which was made with four scoops of sugary iced tea mixed in tap water. And I ate bacon and hot dogs and red meat loaded with fat week after week and played outside to burn it all off. It was good for a while. And then somewhere in my 20s, it became apparent that it was no longer going to be so easy. I'm sure you can identify with that as well if you're in your 20s already. I began to grow a gut, love handles, and no matter how hard I worked, it was nowhere near as easy to shed those pounds or to burn energy. Some of this you would think is just simple biology, but it's so much more than that, and most of us don't even stop to think about it. We just work harder and typically turn to some fad diet or an intense workout that leaves us feeling even more sore and feeling like we're screwed, right? Well, after many years of that, I've found a way that has brought extraordinary results in bringing that high metabolism back to me that I'd like to share with you. I realized that I had just ignored my body for years compared to how much I easily paid attention to it daily in my childhood. That was all I knew how to pay attention to. Ran around like crazy. I was always outside doing something. So after doing the work that I've shared in previous episodes, I continued paying very close attention to what, what I was consuming on a daily basis. It was time to get serious and find out if I could really consciously bring that level of energy and flexibility back into my life. Before I dive further into this, I'd like to point out that the old model of belief that genetics doom anyone to the repetition of history of family illness isn't a complete story. 
Our thoughts and emotions and our experiences can either promote genetic predisposition or they can subvert it entirely. Modern research in epigenetics has found that our thoughts, emotions, and experiences have the ability to either shut down or activate genetic expression and repression. The great news here is none of us are doomed. There is hope, people. Don't just lie down and feel stuck because of your family history. It's not an open and shut case that you will ever need to experience these dispositions in your life. Isn't that amazing? Focus on this hope, this truth. And you've got a brand new motivation to light a fire under your ass and to focus on breaking the cycle. Epigenetics will be another in-depth topic for another day because it is so fascinating. But I just wanted to throw this little teaser out there because quite honestly, it's common to the medical field to ignore this truth. And it's about time we all become aware of the new findings so we don't feel we are prisoners to the past. Much of the genetic predispositions we suffer from are a result of following the same lifestyle and dietary choices that our families have not the gene disposition itself. For example, a person may have witnessed several people in their family dying of heart disease, and their dinner tables for generations have been full of red meat five days per week. So sure, the genes may exist that predispose you to the same fate, but if you alter your dietary choices, yours, the risk of suffering this fate may be eliminated for you or at least greatly reduced by you breaking the cycle of poor dietary choices, and that is something worth hanging your hat on. I always say this, we have one life to live. So why ever waste a moment stuck in hell? We all deserve to enjoy life and to have the chance to reach for the stars. So let's recap a little here. The body and our belief systems combined to have us all repeat words like, when you get older, things really start to fall apart. Or my body doesn't cooperate the way it used to. Getting old sucks. We dismiss this as just casual conversation and it helps us to fit in well with commiseration when we experience aches and pains. But why then are there people who live to be over 100, pain-free, flexible, and happy until their dying day? It does happen, and the reasons are all tied into having a healthy mindset, balanced emotions, excellent self-care, and a diet free from processed foods and harmful chemicals. Check out some of the stories about these centenarians online. They're really amazing people. These people don't wear perfumes or colognes or put hairspray in their hair, and they don't ingest pharmaceutically processed medications every day. They focus on holistic health daily, including mindful, balanced diets, free of toxic chemicals. Of course, most of these people have never known any other way, living in remote areas free of pollution and overproduction, which makes this much easier for them than it is for you and I, approaching health from a new perspective later in life, but it's nonetheless astounding. This doesn't mean we're screwed. It just means we may have to work a little harder and we have our work cut out for us to be able to get there. It also means that if more and more of us focus on this kind of change and on what brings long-lasting life and health, we can drive society into a world that promotes it for our children and future generations. It's up to us to ask for that. It's up to us to know that and that it's possible. That all being said, let's look at some typical vices we have in modern society that have proven to be very challenging to give up, but that can also truly draw us forward into full-blown optimal health when we pay attention to them. Are you ready? Okay. Let's talk about inflammation. Aside from emotional blockages, one of the biggest causes of inflammation is sugar. Are you still drinking soda, eating sweets, or loading up your coffee with sugar? You want to beat inflammation? Here's an awesome way to start. 
best way to start with this is to give yourself one cheat day per week where you can still have your favorite dessert or indulge in just a little bit in some sugar-laden goodness, but the best option is to aim to give it up entirely. Cutting sugar out of your diet will slowly remove inflammation from your bones, your muscles, your ligaments. This frees your body up from a state of tightness and lethargy to one of strength and flexibility. Some great natural sweeteners to use as replacements for sugar are raw organic honey and agave nectar. Please, most importantly, avoid all of the chemical replacements for sugar that contain aspartame and other cancer-causing substances in any diet beverages. It surprises me that this stuff is still on our shelves, but as I've said, they've given us what we ask for. So let's understand it further and stop buying this crap. If we don't buy it, they're not going to keep selling it. So other causes of inflammation are alcohol, many prescription medications, cigarettes, and also red meat and salt. Now, absolutely some of these things, if you've been doing them your entire life, are very hard to give up. But if you do so, you'll notice in just a few days how much your body will thank you for it. Here's a disclaimer, though. If you are diabetic, pre-diabetic, or you have any insulin-related issues, be sure to consult a holistic health professional for ways to slowly wean yourself out of these toxic substances so that you don't cause yourself further complications. I myself am not a doctor, at least not yet. I'm just an advisor, and serious health conditions need proper medical consideration. I don't want to be the reason you go into diabetic shock or die of a heart attack because you stop taking your blood pressure medication or your insulin. Please be careful and use all of your resources. That's all I'm saying. My research is just a guidepost, a lighthouse, if you will. Each of us has our own health challenges to take charge of, and professional diagnosis and assistance is often very necessary. That being said, when we remove inflammatory foods and substances from our bodies under normal circumstances, the body goes immediately into repair mode, and you may even feel exhausted and irritable for the first few days. If you're not mentally prepared to give up such things, again, go back and listen to the previous five episodes that I've created and find your motivation. Without taking this step, a clear mind and exercise are much more challenging to embrace, and you'll be far less effective at making forward progress. So once the inflammation begins to be significantly reduced, stretching and strengthening exercises such as yoga, planks, calisthenics, and tai chi become incredibly easier to implement into your daily life. And don't worry, when I first started doing yoga and planks, I wasn't thrilled about it either. But let me tell you something, it works. And I've become more and more comfortable with them over the years. Just give it a chance. The second step here can go one of two ways. If there's a little more of you to love than you would like, and you cannot yet just drop to the floor and do planks, holding yourself up for at least two minutes per day, begin by walking every morning and every night for about 20 minutes and drink plenty of water. For the process I follow, take your current weight and plan to drink half of your body weight in ounces per day. So as an example, if you weigh 200 pounds, let's say, drink 100 ounces of water per day. The water will help you to flush out toxins, reduce inflammation, and dehydrate your bloodstream and other body systems. I'm not talking about drinking an excess of coffee, juice, or milk. Cow's milk is especially bad for inflammation as well as cheese, so avoid this entirely. Because that's just because they have water in them doesn't make them the optimal choice here. This is pure filtered water I'm talking about here. As an extra precaution for myself, I avoid plastic bottled water. I have filter on, a filter on my tap. I often boil the water as well. And this way I reduce as much contamination as possible. And it's also healthier to drink room temperature water or slightly warmer. 
Reserve the cold water for hot summer days when your body risks overheating because this is the only time it's effectively healthy to do so. So that is one way. Now, if you're lean enough to do planks already, daily, aiming for two minutes per day, then pair that water drinking with the planks and some form of light cardiovascular exercise. When you're limber enough to get into some basic yoga poses, tai chi, or calisthenics exercises, this is a huge help in expediting the removal of inflammation as well and bringing your body into optimal functionality. So this is the goal here. There are tons of videos available online that you can do in the comfort of your own home. And I can tell you that it took me years to get fully into some of the beginner yoga poses, but just making the effort consistently gets your blood flowing, slowly increases your flexibility, and slowly brings your skeletal system into proper alignment. Yoga has also helped me tremendously personally in being more connected with my body. Instead of waiting until I go to lift something heavy to find out that my lower back is out of joint and then deciding I need to go see a doctor or I need to go get some exercise or I need to rest or I need to take some pill, by doing the yoga, I can already feel the tightness in my lower back as I'm slowly, intentionally trying to get it to cooperate with a certain pose. By leaning into it slowly in this way and consciously, I can stretch that part out a little bit, making it more pliable for later in the day. And that's the point. It's not about perfect poses. It's about slowly, consciously connecting with your body so that you're more prepared to face your days. <laughs> Excuse me. So that you know you're flexible. You know your levels of flexibility. And so that you can minimize injury. And as your body becomes more and more flexible and you learn balance and strength building in your core, that youthful energy and metabolism that you used to have has a better shot of returning than it does when we ignore the patience and persistence of conscious stretching and balancing. The hardest part of this is making the decision to do this and to make the time and commitment to do so daily. If you're really serious about taking charge of your health, get up 20 minutes earlier and go to bed 20 minutes later to make it happen. Start with just three days per week or even one or two days in a row, paying close attention to how your body thanks you when you do so, so you begin to see what's possible. So now with a clearer mind and a more flexible body, your energy levels will begin to rise and you're headed in the right direction. Just do this for one month and you'll wonder why you've waited so long and you'll be motivated to continue it. Now let's talk about other foods. Aside from sweets, alcohol, and caffeine, our society has also become dependent on red meat, pork, and poultry as the primary source of satiation and feeling full and nourished. All of the new research out there points to this as being a huge problem. Altering your diet to be primarily fruits, vegetables, and healthy fats using sources of meat as only a quarter of your plate is a great place to start. There are so many delicious fruits and vegetables out there full of color and important nutrients that the body needs, and most of society is not taking advantage of it. Our diets are full of red meat, processed foods, cheese, and poultry loaded with sodium, especially here in the West in the United States. Our meats are full of antibiotics and additional hormones used to keep mass production pumping, but this overproduction and these processes are making us sick and withering down our immune systems. Aside from all of the ecological problems the world is facing as a result of our obsession with meat, our daily health is suffering as well. Now is the time to begin shifting this paradigm right now. Another point to raise here is completely avoid all fast food. You'll not find any health in a fast food cheeseburger loaded with bacon and ketchup in a processed bun with a side of fries that were cooked in boiling oil. Yes, it's healthier to eat fried foods that are fried in coconut oil or other new fancy oils 
than it is to eat the ones fried in standard vegetable or canola oils, but barely so. Often people say to me, but fast food is cheap, quick, and I feel fine when I eat it. I can't afford that healthy crap, and it tastes like shit anyway. Some amazing research has now come into the in, on the gut microbiome and how much it takes part in formulating our taste buds and our emotions. The taste buds we develop are dependent on the gut bacteria, flora, and fauna that accumulate in the gut through the foods we eat. Research this yourself. Go ahead. There's tons of information available online about how important the biodiversity within your gut actually is to your overall health. And I've also tried some of this myself, or I wouldn't even advocate for it. So here's an example of that for me. I began making myself a protein shake with kale, all-natural essential oil-based vanilla protein powder, almond butter, bananas, strawberries, and blueberries. Quite healthy, but at first, I wanted to puke. It tasted so nasty to me, especially because of the kale. But I understood that allowing my body to tell me what it wants was allowing the body to be the mind. And I had enough of that. So I stuck with it, drinking this every day, and just three days into it, my taste buds began to agree with my mind, and I started to enjoy the taste. My gut microbiome was changing and creating my taste buds to enjoy it. So I also began to crave these foods. Now this is provable science. It's not just a mind game. When we eat what our human bodies need, our gut microbiome becomes balanced and begins to harmonize with optimal health and a strong vital immune system. When our gut microbiome becomes balanced, we begin to crave the healthy foods that support this diversity, and the healthier bacteria begins to work hard at repairing our nutrient-deficient bodies. The bad bacteria that fed off the sweets and saturated fat fats begin to die and flush out of your system, and so your emotions are no longer supported by them. Your gut bugs, I know that sounds gross, make up more of your biologically dependent DNA than the DNA that makes us human does. That means that our life and immune systems are fully codependent with our gut microbiome. We need it to survive, and we need the healthiest diversity in our guts to thrive in order to optimize our overall health and well-being. We so often eat based on what our emotions are telling us, rather than eating as God intended for energy to fuel the body. When we begin commanding the body to optimize in health, we need to eat not based on emotion, but based on logic. The ironic piece of this is once you begin to feed your body what it needs instead of what your emotions want, your emotions begin to change as they are created first in the mind, a mind that is commanded by the microbiota in your gut. You'll notice your emotional landscape change along with your taste buds. You'll be less irritable, less stressed, and less apt to fall into depression when you eat in this way. Again, reference previous episodes if you want to review this connection. If you already have, great, you're ahead of the game. And since I love to give credit where credit is due, as of this episode, well, as of the, my next episode, actually, I'm going to always reference articles or links that guide you to do more research on your own on some of the individuals I trust to guide you in the right direction. So please check the show notes moving forward for more information because we're going to get into some pretty detailed science in the, the episodes coming up ahead. And I'll go into much deeper explanation of the gut microbiota and functional medicine and guide you towards some amazing researchers and doctors in this field so that you may understand it more fully. So here we have an awesome starting point that anyone can begin with. Avoid sugar, sodium, processed foods, fried foods, and red meat, cigarettes, and alcohol. Drink half of your body weight converted to ounces in water each day. 
Talk to your doctor about what you would need to do, be, or have to begin minimizing or eliminating inflammatory medications. Seek out a life coach or holistic doctor or therapist that can help you to convert these harmful medications into more harmonious, natural methods, as well as helping you have more productive conversations with your trusted physicians. You'd be amazed at how many alternatives exist that are far healthier than the quick-fix medications we've been turning to for years for help. More and more mainstream doctors are becoming more open-minded to this approach because their livelihood depends upon it. This is where the science and the medical field is going, folks. So also, get out and walk 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. Whether you're just starting this or, or not, keep it going. When your body's ready, introduce two-minute planks, yoga, tai chi, calisthenics, pilates, or some form of light stretching, either in place of your walk or better, in addition to it, if you can find that time. Fill your plates of food with 80% fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, and only 20% lean, grass-fed, organic meats. Remember, your taste buds will soon follow suit as the biodiversity within your gut begins to change. Now, if you can give up meat entirely and find plant protein to supplement that, that's, that's the absolute optimal way to go. Most importantly, keep that perfect version of yourself in mind. Keep your spirits high and focused on what it feels like to be the new you. Set that as goals. Without goal setting, we're, we're really just existing based on what our emotions are dragging us to. And be easy on yourself with this process. Be patient and be consistent. I have faith in myself. I have faith in you. And I have faith in this process. So please feel re free to reach out to me if you're stuck in your mind and unable to implement any of this. I have plenty of ideas to share with you to boost your motivation and to help keep you on track. So cue the coach at cue the coach at yahoo.com. Check out my Facebook page and please take the time if you would to rate this podcast or to write me a review. You may also sign up for a monthly donation to support me in creating future episodes, to plan interviews with health professionals, and to deliver more rich and vibrant content for you to consume in the future. Visit my page at anchor.fm to do so if you would like to feel so inclined to help me out in this journey. The link is also in the notes for you to do so of this episode, and I will continue to keep that link in there in future episodes. So that is it. To keep this as brief as possible, that is, that is the conclusion of the body part two for now. So namaste beautiful people. Until next time, thank you very much. Have a great day. <laughs>